Welcome, everyone, to another installment of the BC Counselor's Legal Brief, the legal podcast that provides easy-to-understand information about estate and business planning to help you, your family, and your business. And now, the jovial gents of jurisprudence, Mike Betts and Spencer Chaffin. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to this installment of the BC Counselor's Legal Brief the legal podcast providing easy-to-understand info to help you, your family, and your business. I'm Mike Betts, and I'm joined by my partner, Spencer Chafin. So, Mike, in our last episode, you had touched on a lot of things about utilizing businesses and making sure you had a plan and exit strategy for your businesses. What I'd actually like to do today is kind of step back and, and talk about probably one of the most effective useful entities that people should consider utilizing when they decide to set up a business. And, and obviously you, you know what entity that is, and most people probably have heard about it. It's called an LLC, a limited liability company, not a corporation, a company. Um, And so I think what would be very helpful is kind of giving the brass tacks of the LLC, why it's very user-friendly, um, and what people need to do to get it set up. How's that sound today? I think so. I think that's good. Um, but you're right. The The limited liability company, or LLC, uh, is the preferred choice uh, for, for, obviously, our firm and, and most, most attorneys, I think, will give you that recommendation. And there are a lot of advantages to it over over other other uh, unincorporated and incorporated forms of business. So really, most people are going to be comparing or cross shopping the corporation uh, against the LLC, and 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 the advantages with the LLC uh, to kind of build off of the first point is that they're way less formal than corporations. And, and I think there's an appeal because even though we need small business owners to be doing their minutes and resolutions, the reality is they're busy doing their business and, and, and they don't maybe have time to, after a meeting, go write up some, some, some minutes, though we do have forms that can make that easy for folks, but that's that's point number one. I think that uh, is appealing to to me as an attorney and uh, to clients. Less formality. Absolutely, and I, I get that question all the time: is Hey, now that I've got this LLC set up, or or when we're forming it for someone, like, okay, how do we do minutes and things of that nature? And I say, the good the good thing is you don't have to do yearly minutes um, with an LLC like you do a corporation. Corporation, it's it's part of the rules. Um, and, and a lot of clients that we have with corporations will be going through their documents to make sure that they're current. And we'll see that they haven't had corporate minutes for years and sometimes decades. Decades. That's, <laughs> but, that's, yeah. and, and it's no fault of theirs. You're exactly right. It's because they're running their business. You know, that that's the important thing to them is running their business, making sure it's making money and providing for, for them, their family, and their employees, and their clients. That's right. But but what they don't realize is in, in a corporation, that could theoretically have uh, 
serious unintended consequences. Absolutely. Uh, because we all know about the benefits of a corporation and, and, and an LLC, as we'll talk about, is the separation of liability, meaning that the company or corporation has its own liability, but as the shareholder, say your 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 personal assets, if the company messes up, people can't go through the company to your personal assets. It's that separation of liability. But there's a litany of factors that will let a potential claimant pierce through that protective veil, as they call it, and get to your assets. And one of those factors is formalities. Are you honoring the corporate form, doing the minutes? And so if a client's not doing that, that's one factor against the protection that you were maybe maybe banking on. And so it's an important concept, one, to keep in mind that none of these corporate forms and unincorporated forms, and that's a legal distinction because an LLC is not technically an incorporated form, right. but these separate legal entity concepts are 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 great from a protective perspective, but you got to make sure it's it's not an alter ego. It's not just you doing it and through the, it. And the same thing goes for the LLC of piercing that corporate veil that, that you talked about. If you don't have everything in place, the court can say, well, this is just a sham. It is you. And we'll talk about what you need in place for that LLC to be quote unquote legitimate in the eyes of a court should you end up in court the, the plan is to never be in court that, that, that's <laughs> but, exactly right but that's why you set up a company is if you end up in court you've got a layer of protection and it's that layer of protection so yeah. so the, the the good news is we have some factors at least the formality is one thing that we don't have to worry about right. so so today what we'll do is We'll finish up a couple more points on the benefits of an LLC, but we'll be sure to spend just a minute talking about what Spencer mentioned, how we how we 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 structure the company so that we avoid piercing the veil. So point number two, we talk about lack of formality. That's good. Uh, kind of the corollary to that lack of formality is flexibility, and so as opposed to a corporation that has much more rigid rules. So every state has a corporation's set of, of laws or statutes. And while you do have some flexibility in, in altering what those what the we call the default rules are, you still have a very formalistic way of doing things. LLCs give you a lot of flexibility. Uh, from a tax perspective, you have a choice of different ways to be taxed. And we should spend just a minute on uh, that. I think that's a great idea. And yeah. so so um, we've got lack of formality. We've got flexibility. Um, Spencer, Sim Simplicity. That's right. You know, uh, th that's, that's another one is it's just it's simple for the fact of you can set it up and especially for, we'll call them mom-and-pop shop-style companies, where maybe it's just you or you and your spouse, yeah, you can set that company up and then focus on running your business. A, a lot's not going to change, obviously, if it's you and your spouse in the company of who has the authority to go do things. So staying current on your corporate documents is going to be 
easier. Now, obviously, when you bring in business partners that aren't your spouse, they might be family, but they may not be. You know, you you do need to make sure that you structure your LLC in a way that protects everybody for different reasons, which, Mike, you talked about in last episode of exit strategies, you know. Uh, and so it's, it's important to make sure those documents are current. But really, if it's just you and your spouse and sometimes just a one-off business partner, it, there's not a lot of ongoing change to your corporate structure or company structure, I should say, not corporate company structure. I, I agree with that. And so I think I think to kind of pair it all together into like maybe a third point, but all of these feed into it, it would be it'd be that they're they're less expensive to to maintain. Um what one thing that's interesting, particularly in Oklahoma and and some 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 other states that are similar to Oklahoma. Another one would be Wyoming. So Wyoming is a very f- popular. It's famous for uh, creating LLCs, and I, there's an appeal to Wyoming because there's no personal income tax, but there's also no franchise tax in, in Oklahoma. If if a listener is in Oklahoma, uh, we we prefer an LLC in Oklahoma over a corporation because the LLC doesn't have to pay a franchise tax. So, so overall, the theme is, is a uh, cost reduction, simplicity from a paperwork perspective, which reduces costs uh, overall, and then, and then uh, a lot more flexibility. But, but I do want to build off of one thing that you said about the protecting the relationships of, of partners. Uh, so if it's two strangers, when I say two strangers, two non-family members. You and me. You, you and me. Um, th- that, that, that paperwork and the time to sit down and ask some serious questions is, is crucially important because we work with a lot of small businesses. That's kind of our specialty is the small business, yeah. the, the small business uh, and startups and helping guide people through the process. And what we see so much is, and, and what we hear from clients is breakdowns in the way that they work with their other partners. And that's where things always break down. So all the disputes that we see are primarily grounded in, did you do a very good job of structuring your operating agreement? So for example, let's say the company runs out of money and we need more investment. Did you think about how that additional money going into the business would be done? Would you uh, share equally? Would you share in proportion to how much you own of the company? Can you be forced to do it? Can you not be forced to do it? Because if you can't be forced, then to make the business work, one partner might be throwing some money into it and and not not feel very good about that, and it can right. create it can create. Uh, hard feelings, and yeah. th- there's a lot, a litany of other things that we can get into, into kind of more, more, more nuanced, nitty gritty, um, on some of like the higher, more important types of of issues as folks are coming together to structure this operating agreement. But I think maybe the first place to start is 
Spencer, should we should we explain what the formation documents are and briefly what the procedure is, and then that operating document? Yeah, yeah. I I think that's the the best way to start because it'll show how simple everything is on on getting it done, and so. Um, when it comes to forming an LLC, you, you've got to you've got to create the entity with some organization, and, and typically that's the Secretary of State of your respective state, and and the name of that document is almost the same throughout the U.S. It's but they might vary a little different. Like Oklahoma is you file the Articles of Organization, Texas you file a Certificate of Formation. They both do the same thing. You're requesting a name, and you're listing a registered agent, which is someone who, or someone or some entity who will serve on your behalf of if someone needs to provide maybe a lawsuit or some type of information to the company, it's the point person or entity. Um, And there's different reasons for choosing an individual over a company or our firm serving in that position. But when you file that formation document, you're giving the basic information to that Secretary of State. Now, I do want to note for a lot of people, filing for that with a specific name is not always a guarantee that you'll get that name. And here's why. It's, it's a good reason, but the Secretary of State might, re- might reject your company name for the fact of it may resemble another company that's already being utilize or utilizing a name very similar to yours or exactly the same. And if that was the case, it, it would cause some confusion potentially for if there was a lawsuit, well, you don't want to get sued because someone mistook your company for another company. So secretary of state will, will do their best of making sure that there's no overlap. However, I got a phone call two weeks ago from from a lady that was referred to us she had a question uh she had filed for her llc here in texas well she got it formed and then later on someone filed for the exact same name and the LL, and the secretary of state granted that name so there's two companies out there with the exact same name which is kind of comical because they're really good about rejecting names. Yeah. And but they miss that one. And it doesn't matter what state you're in. That is kind of a, a ubiquitous requirement. So you have to register it with, with the state. Hey, we're going to take a quick commercial break. So that way you can hear from our sponsors. But we'll be right back with more legal info to help you, your family, and your business right here on the BC Counselor's Legal Brief. The mission of the Grapevine Chamber of Commerce is to promote, nurture, and support local grapevine businesses. Since 1952, the Grapevine Chamber has taken an active interest in their members' success by creating a business-friendly environment, facilitating a plethora of networking opportunities, and by connecting members in need of goods and services with members who offer those goods and services. Visit our website at grapevinechamber.org and become a part of the Grapevine Chamber family today.
My name is Kaya, and I'm almost a teenager. I have a real problem. My daddy and my grandfather love pie. For my daddy, it's apple. For my poppy, it's anything lemon. But they won't bring me any pie. I don't think that's fair. They always go to Judy Pie on Main Street in Grapevine, where Miss Judy and her bakers make 20 different kinds of pies and cinnamon rolls on the weekend. But I don't get any. They tell me I can have pie when I'm a teenager, like pie is only for grown-ups or something. Can someone please call my daddy and my poppy and tell them I need pie? In the meantime, you can go to JudyPie.com, or if you're in Grapevine, Texas, visit Judy Pie on Main Street. And if my daddy or my poppy are there, tell them that Kaya wants a piece of pie. back and you're listening to the BC Counselor's Legal Brief, the podcast providing legal info to help you, your family, and your business. And I want to talk about quickly the name. There are certain intellectual property concepts that that's worth just touching on quickly, but you got to you got to tell them the name. And then Spencer mentioned you got to give them a registered agent. The registered agent, that's who accepts lawsuits or other official um, process on yeah. behalf of the company. So if it's a legal process, that's how states ensure somebody who's valid is there. Now, some states might actually have you list who the actual di- the directors, the managers, or the managers, owners of yeah. the company are going to be. And Texas is one of those examples where they ask for a little bit more private information uh, whereas, say, a state like Wyoming or Oklahoma, Oklahoma. very private. You don't have to say uh, uh, who's involved. Who, who's involved. Yeah. Now, they do ask in Oklahoma, for example, the physical address. And while they don't publish that on the Internet, if you request the documents, these documents are public record and, and they will produce it so you can see see an address. So uh, we like to counsel against leaving leaving a personal home address uh we like for for folks if if that's not possible they can lean on their counsel to do that for privacy and then as you're corresponding with people as long as your registered agent is right and and you're you're notifying the irs of the actual address you're doing uh or you're you're operating from or your customers or your suppliers that's what matters Nobody is going through the the Secretary of State to get your address other than people fishing for business. Like you you form an entity, you will get inundated with true uh, spam mail. Like true spam that mail. comes to your mailbox. That's exactly right. And so so states have unique requirements. Privacy is a concern that might inform you as to what state to to uh form in and 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 there are there are certain tips and tricks on how you can avoid uh privacy concerns but on the name itself i mentioned like intellectual property issues um it's important to have a name that's in that's 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 uh unique and and we always ask for a few options your first and then a couple alternates is is what we like to do and then uh, we go and we'll do a search and make sure that it's available. But even if it's available, you might still have some difficulty with another person who might be operating under a different name 
let's say they said their name is ABC Corp, but then they created some more fanciful trade trade name yep. that they go off the of. DBA as a lot of people know it the as the DBA, yeah. the doing business as. That's 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 right. Uh, if if certain certain elements are met, that person that was operating that business name before you, even though the Secretary of State granted it to you, they could send you some nasty mail asking you to stop operating under that name. So giving some thought to that when you're creating a new entity, it's, it's, it's important. And uh, what, what, what probably a good example would be Google. Google is a unique name. So in the law, it's, it's, it's afforded unique uh, protections. And Google is worldwide. Everybody knows Everybody what Google knows, is. Yeah. And so if you, I don't know if anybody watched Hot Tub Time Machine. That's like a guilty pleasure of mine. Spencer's hands raised, by the way. No, it's He's not. Just not. No, it's not. Yeah. So actually, it's one of one of my favorite. Movies. I love that it, movie. We were in Colorado with my family recently, and me, my brother, and my sister-in-law just always kept going, "Great White Buffalo." <laughs> exactly. Great White Buffalo. Yeah. And for those of you that have seen the movie, you'll get that. Yeah. Those but, of you that haven't seen the movie. You shouldn't be listening to this podcast. So anyway, anyway, at, in that movie, and this is not, is this a spoiler alert? Okay, this is the a spoiler old. alert. The movie's old. It's Just an old ahead. movie. If you haven't seen it, you will never see it. But, but, this but is it's your all in the alert. name. It's in the name of the movie. Everyone knows what happens. Yeah. Okay, so exactly, exactly. So so anyway, Google, in that movie, the one of the characters, because he goes back in time and then he changes the, the future, his company's called Lugal. And so let's assume that there is a Google that exists and we have an idea to do a, a I am grossly uh, mischaracterizing exactly what Google does, but to the lay person like me, like the, 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 the idiot technology wise, uh, it's a search engine, right? So let's say I create a search engine, it does so much more than that, but I do a search engine and I call it the Lugal search engine. Google will stop me. And I guarantee you I could go to Oklahoma right now and and get Lugal as an LLC. And Spencer's double-checking right now. He's going to the Secretary of State website to double-check. But I mean, I could go to Lugal. I could form it. And I could launch my business. And Google will definitely stop me. Because they don't want this guy tarnishing their brand or confusing people. So as a part of the process, when we sit down with our... Our, our new new business entrepreneurs will have a very boring but brief conversation about what do you want to do because we want to understand your business. And then in the names that you've offered us, not only will it, will it comply with the Secretary of State requirements because you don't want to do what I did for BC counselors at law and resubmit five times. You, you, you want to submit once, but we want to make sure that, that your legal company isn't going to get shut down by Google. And legal is available on this Oklahoma Secretary of State's website. It is. Okay, so it's available, but, but don't but take that's, it. That's exactly right. You know, that's why you vet this stuff is if, if you know of something, yeah. you might want to stay away from it just to save you the headache That's of right. dealing with 
Google. We spend a lot of time on names, by the way, but it's important yes. because because <laughs> that's that's the face of your company. It's the face yeah. of your company. Now, now there's one thing that uh, you've got to have also worked out typically before you sign that operating agreement, and, and, and well, not necessarily, but but we like to because it, it's a big decision that's going to affect your bottom dollar in your pocketbook. And that's selecting the tax structure because you can also put that information, which we typically do for our clients, of how your company is going to be taxed inside that operating agreement. So so realistically, the best thing to do, which is not always what you have to do, but it's a good idea, is to have your tax structure determined while you're also prepping the operating agreement. That, that's right. So, 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 so we have, we have the, the articles. We have the operating agreement. Now, what are some of the really important things that we're going to really be talking about in the operating agreement? Number one, how is this company going to be taxed? You're exactly right. And, and it matters for an LLC because LLCs, they're a weird creature when it comes to the uh, internal revenue so- it, service. It's an amoeba. And, and when you think about it, because with an LLC, which we're about to dive into, it can change. Um, and it can change in many different ways. Unlike a corporation, you only get, what, two options. And in an LLC, you could have four options. Yeah, so so I, I, I don't know how people would describe it. And when I say it this way, I'm not suggesting it is or isn't. It's just an easy way for me to describe it. Uh, the IRS, it was kind of a cop-out for them. You had this new entity. Uh, the LLC is pretty new. I think 90s. Delaware made it in like the mid-90s. Right. And they made it for very boring reasons, so we won't talk about them. But uh, it was a really cool, cool thing, but it was a new thing. And instead of the Internal Revenue Service creating a new code, which is probably a good thing, or a section of the code, uh, which is probably a good thing, like a subpart. What they did was they said, okay, this is an unincorporated association. So we, we, we get that. And they created something called the check-the-box regulations. And uh, uh, these, the, these laws basically said, if you are an LLC, you get to have a choice depending on how many people own you. So if only one person owns the company. And remember, you can have a single member or a single owner LLC where just one person owns 100% of it. That's completely fine. Now, let's make sure we have minimum formalities because I want I want not only that we formed it, but I'd like to have an operating agreement. Well, I have an operating agreement. It's just me. Why would I do that? Well, you do that because it's at least some formality to show that we're respecting this as a separate entity as opposed to just you, you doing it. Right. That's an important concept. Otherwise, somebody might argue, yeah, you created an LLC, but it's, it's just you. Yep. Um, and so so a single member, the IRS says, well, you can, you can treat yourself as a disregarded entity. And essentially what that means is they treat you like you were a, a sole proprietorship, like you didn't have any sort of a company you just started doing it on your own, and then you'll report it on your personal, uh, tax, personal return. tax return as if you were a sole proprietorship. And that is done because what the IRS allowed was an LLC is different than a corporation 
where they allow the, 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 the taxes not to be paid by the corporation and then when money goes to the shareholders be taxed again as a dividend. That's called the double taxation problem yep. of a traditional corporation. They let you go through the LLC and to the person, so it, the owners. So in a single member uh, scenario, once. they say if you want to be taxed once, then it's only one of you. We've got an existing regime. We're just going to fit you into a sole proprietorship. So just do it on your 1040. If, though, you're a single member and you want to be treated as a corporation, you can. And we'll let you choose between two types of, quote-unquote, corporations under the, under the uh, Internal Revenue Code. You could be what's called an S-Corp, and I'm sure folks listening to this have heard S-Corp. Or you can be what's called a C-Corp, and that matters for this reason. An S-Corp is going to be a, a way to not be taxed at the entity level, although that's a misnomer. There's right. certain ways <laughs> that you will get taxed. You're, at the, They're going to get you. <laughs> and, 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 and there's certain ways that yeah. you will actually have to pay yep. a tax at the corporate level. But but for, for most, most purposes, uh, the, the company will make money, and then the company will just pass that through to the owner. Now, the S-Corp rules have advantages, and they have disadvantages. So there's some structural issues that certain people or certain types of entities can own an S-Corp, and others cannot own an S-Corp. So if you want somebody that has a holding company, meaning an entity that was formed to hold assets, and that entity is a is a a, a multi-member LLC. That multi-member LLC, unless it's an S Corp two, and unless it owns one hundred percent of you, which oftentimes you have partners, they cannot own your S Corp. There's 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 rules against it, and so if you go the S Corp route, there's limitations on how you can structure it. The C Corp is your good old fashioned corporation under the tax code what that means is if your llc makes a million dollars there's a corporate tax code that says this is what it will be taxed the uh, taxes will be paid to the uh, irs and then whatever's left remaining in the corporation will be in the corporation and then if you want to take a dividend when that dividend is paid to the owner we're talking about a single owner that single owner then that single owner will pay Tax on that. Tax on the dividend, which is the double taxation issue. And so an LLC gives you the ability to be ability to be single taxed or double taxed. And there's reasons why we would be double taxed. And maybe this is a conversation for another another code. But if you're in Oklahoma or another state that allows for for uh, uh, legalized marijuana and you're wanting to be a business that grows or processes or sells or otherwise distributes marijuana, you've got a really uh, uh, weird tax regime. And a lot of those types of companies want that 
separation Absolutely. from a tax perspective. So they'll go the C Corp route. But that, that's a single member. And then the multi-member LLC. Same rules with corporations, except because you have two owners, the IRS says, well, a sole proprietorship is one, one owner. Person. Yep. Two people is ge- or more is is generally a partnership. So your your choices are: Do you want to be a partnership for tax purposes, for pa- tax purposes, an S corp, or a C corp? Yep. And that brings us to the end of another show. For more information on today's topic or previous show topics, visit our website at bccounselorsatlaw.com. While there, feel free to let us know what future show topics you'd like us to cover. On behalf of Mike, this is Spencer, and we thank you for listening. And remember, it's always our goal to provide easy-to-understand legal info to help you, your family, and your business here on the BC Counselor's Legal Brief.